0: Where's Ralph? Hey, he's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh boy. Hey Ralph, can we get some of that too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch. And I paid a pretty hefty price.
1: Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hey, this is Bryant Arnold
0: also known as Dragon from Skinwalker Ranch. And you're listening to That UFO Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final Skinwalker watch-along that isn't actually a watch-along. Uh, as always, my name is Andy, and I've got my co-host Dan with me. Dan, how are we doing this evening?
0: Uh, I'm great. It's, uh, it's crazy that we've gotten to the last episode.
1: We have, and we we did kind of mention, didn't we, during the the last episode that we felt episode seven was kind of like the last episode of the series because in episode eight, it was very much the guys all very smartly dressed in a conference room doing a bit of a PowerPoint presentation on the series that's just been... Uh, what, what was your thoughts as, uh, on the last episode? There wasn't really a lot to discuss, was there?
0: It was it was more of a recap the last episode, um, touching on events that we'd seen happen over the series and presenting them um, to somebody uh, who could kind of keep them under lock and key
1: as evidence um, and build them up. Um,
0: what was the gentleman's name?
1: Oh, the, the senator guy, not senator, um, politician dude. Well, you look that up? It kind of reminded me of, you know, when a TV series like Seinfeld gets to one of those episodes where it's kind of highlights of the series and like, you know, clips, it was a little bit like that, which would have been good if they added in some like different things we hadn't seen, maybe some bonus content that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was very much a recap and highlights package of the previous season. And I totally think it backs up my idea that it should have been six episodes and I feel it would have been much punchier as a series as well, taking out maybe five, six, seven minutes per episode of content that maybe was there to fill a little bit of time or they jumped about a little bit. But again, we can't really complain, Camera Content's content. So um did you find the guy's name?
0: I didn't. I didn't write it down,
1: unfortunately. You didn't. That's okay. So essentially folks, if you're listening to um, this for po- politics, it's not the show for you. But yeah.
0: Um, I'm sure it was an attorney of some sort but basically the evidence he's kind of been brought into the loop with it Um, everything was presented to him um, in a very matter of fact way um, with actual data being handed over and then we saw the uh, final results a lot lot of the scans that they've been doing across the ranch over the series and we got some really cool visuals um, of that kind of
1: in effect and the Is that the cool one? The they had they had Eric Eric Baird Eric Bard, sorry, had the uh, the visual of the lights and it was like the oh, what am I saying? It was it wasn't across the mesa, was it? But they had almost like a little three D map. That,
0: That's exactly the one, yeah. It's like i I'm describing uh, you, it badly and for anyone who's listening
1: to it. Oh, sorry, on podcast, doesn't look good. You into I'm showing Dan um, with my hands what I'm expecting him to know what I'm talking about. So anyone listening to this <laughs> uh, can't hear my hands and are still actually moving, so I'm going to stop that. But yeah, so apologies, Dan, for describing that to you really badly.
0: You you did help, though. I know exactly what you mean. Um, it was a like a 3D render of the, uh, the Uinter Basin, and then they had a line from north to south, um, and it showed the effect that the the bowl of the basin was having on the, the frequencies.
1: And that's it. So listen, folks, rather than us talk through some guys talking through a PowerPoint presentation, what we thought we would do for the last episode is just a bit of a summary, and it's our top five moments of the series. And do you know what I've just realized, Dan? Inadvertently, we are doing what they've done for the last episode. We are having that highlights episode of this series. We are, aren't we? Yeah. I we sh- don't have to fill an hour, though. No, I mean I could just go back and copy and paste things we said in previous episodes, but that would be that would be lazy. And this format's loose enough as it is, so yeah. So what we're going to do is we've got our top five episodes of the season, and we're just going to run through them in order: five, four, three, two, one. Maybe we'll have some the same. I'm guessing some of the main things will be in there, uh, and we'll see what comes out at each part for both of us. Then, um, just before we get to number one, we'll have a quick break, and I've got some of your thoughts that you have shared through Facebook, Twitter, and email on the series itself and any hopes for season 2 and and then we'll discuss just finishing off what we're kind of looking forward to because we know season 2 is coming later on in the year uh kind of October time or fall if you're in the states as as Brandon always calls it. Um Brandon listen to me like I know Mr. Fugle, Sorry. Uh so yeah. Um so Dan do you want to kick us off with your number 5?
0: Sure. My number 5 was that as we went through the season we got a lot of the history of the ranch um the bigelow stuff the O.S.A.P. stuff um you know if, you, if you've looked into this subject then you know where it started with uh, lakatsky on the ranch seeing a, a, a mobius strip um and pretty much from there it all kicked off um and i thought it was great that they covered it and kind of informed their audience
1: that's a good shout, yeah, because we did see a lot of that kind of interlaced or spliced throughout the series. I think it was one of those things at times it was ta- eating up a little bit of time, but in a really positive way. And if anything, I would love to see more of that continue into the second season. There's there's always that intrigue, isn't there, that Bigelow and Brandon done nothing but hand over the deeds to the ranch to each other and shake hands. And that that totally had more to it than I think what's been being made out but maybe i'm just getting my conspiracy hat on and and hoping there's more to it but yeah i would love to love to see a bit more of that on a similar sort of vein my number five and just fyi folks me and dan haven't discussed these beforehand either so this is a, a surprise to us um we have my, my number five and Andy's number five could be my number one <laughs> Yeah, my number five is um the history of the ranch and you know, no, I'm kidding on this <laughs> that would be really lazy if I had done no research on this, it was just copying down Um my number five, <laughs> um in a similar vein though, is the actual experiments and the science being done on the ranch. Now that was something that I really enjoyed. And you know what? Maybe at times it wasn't it kind of brought on some paranormal activity or kind of some supernatural activity, if you want to call it that, but I really enjoyed seeing the experiments being done, the, the setup of the experiments. And while it doesn't always make for the most exciting TV for some people, I will stand by that I would love to see some bonus content, whether it was in the form of an app or it was on uh, a separate you know, feed on Twitter or on the website or something. But I love seeing the rocket experiment. I love seeing the ground penetrating radar. I love seeing, you know, the little, um, what are the meters called again, that the, the guys have... The tri-field, meters. tri-field meters yeah that's it the trifield meters i just i just love all that kind of stuff because i think it takes me back to a kid and watching things like ghostbusters and star trek and having all these cool little handheld gadgets and oh these guys actually have that kind of stuff it it's, it's interesting
0: that you say that as well because that's like a real you know looking at the world as the place of wonder and awe and kind of investigating it with all those little tools
1: right like it just, it's just cool and it, it's quite geeky and I think you've, you've got an element of geek in you if you're watching shows like this anyway and you're probably a bit geeky if you're listening to a podcast that primarily is about UFOs. So that I can be forgiven, I think, for saying that. However, yeah, so I, I love that. The experiments, seeing the science and I would love to see more of that and I think we're going to see the experiments ramped up a little bit in season two because I, I know that was maybe one of the things that they were slightly low budget but again, I'll, I'll cheap plug my, my interviews with Dragon and Thomas Winterton. They do talk about Brandon Fugle being frugal hey, hey, uh, with his cash and that he won't just throw hundreds of thousands of dollars at experiments for the sake of it. The guys are having to you know, prove an experiment's worthwhile And they were doing that really basically as well by the looks of it. You know, it wasn't the best digging equipment. Um, The ground penetrating radar was, you know, good stuff, but I'm sure they could get even better. The rockets were, you know, students from the local universities and colleges coming in. So, you know, they they were pretty sensible with their money. And I can see that expanding going into season two. Would you agree, Dan, disagree?
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, They they were very, um, I'd use the term kind of MacGyver. Um, you know, kind of making cool little bits of tech and gadgets and the, making the stuff that they needed um, if it wasn't available, you know. I, I love that, the Satan platform that Eric put together um, that kind of monitors the frequencies and all the other things around the ranch. Um, yeah, I love it. I'm the same as you. I'd love to see a show that was just just about that stuff, you know, I, I Eric, like the Mac- back room.
1: Yeah, oh, cool. so I love the MacGyver thought because what makes me think now is that branding gave them a budget and Eric and Thomas got really excited and spent it all in the command center, and then it was like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> sorry for the language. Then we had to save some of that for experiments on the show, so they had to get really thrifty, and it was like, okay, so we don't have this, but we've do, we do have this empty Coke bottle, some ribbon, and some firecrackers, and I think we can put together a pretty nifty little rocket experiment, you know, using Mentos and some Coke <laughs> we've got in the fridge. But yeah, so no, I, I like that. I do like it. So number four, I'll kick off with number four then. For me, uh, I loved seeing the UFOs. There was always going to be that element of it in there. And have I copied your number four from your reaction, then? Genuinely, this is my number four as well. <laughs> okay, so that's all working out well. So UFOs, we both got them for number four uh, during the rocket experiment um, and during the cattle mutilation as well. UFOs are, you know, obviously a passion, you know, got the podcast on it, so it goes without saying. So when I got to see some UAP, some UFO lights in the sky, there was nothing necessarily totally conclusive as to what they were, but it was pretty safe to say that they weren't flies coming across the screen or or seagulls or, you know, glare reflecting off of Uranus as we've, we've been hearing recently online. So, so yeah, so the UFOs, for me, it was nice to see those turn up uh, during some circumstances as well, like the cattle mutilation, which is, you know, pretty typical uh, from a UFO point of view. Um, so a bit of col- correlation there. And during the rocket experiment, when you're talking about something being potentially above the ranch, of course, if you're sending rockets up there and let's just go very out there very quickly that there's some invisible cloaked ship or craft above the ranch all the time potentially or some portal that you're disturbing things as it goes higher and higher and higher. So yeah, the UFOs turning up with a welcome um, sight for me and obviously they were for you, Dan, at number four.
0: Yeah, they were great. Um, Especially the the second one over the cow. Um, The fact that the guy said for at least a month after that no scavengers had touched that cow. Um, just another thing on top of the strangeness. Um, I would have expected UFO to be my number one, but I was surprised it was number four. Just there was a lot in the show.
1: So I did put UFO at number one. I started at number one and I went, no, no, I'm going to work backwards. And I, scru- I scored it out and I just changed one uh, one word. So so yeah, but UFO was my number one. Then I changed it about a little bit and it ended up being my number four. Um, number three, where thinking right back to those early episodes um, all those months ago now, or last year, if you're watching it on the TV, obviously. Uh, Dan, I'll let you kick off number three, because I took number four.
0: So number three for me um, was the injuries that have happened over the course of the season. Um, We've seen a few of the team members um, get injured, whether it's Travis with the manhole cover, kind of getting that dose of radiation, or Thomas's injuries. Um, it, It was great and disturbing as well to see the the very real effects that the ranch can have on people you know this isn't a place you should go mess around because something bad might happen
1: bad thing happen. bad things happen when you dig because of course the the name of the first episode so yeah that that was pretty cool for me the they say obviously not cool for thomas but the, the injury the recurring injury and medically as as he said in the interview that you know that that did happen to him there was nothing nice about it it wasn't something he enjoyed happening it was a pretty unpleasant experience having your your scalp separate you know from a mysterious layer of fluid appearing um medically they couldn't explain it so yeah I, I can totally get why he he was really disturbed by that and why he did remove himself from the scene during the the early episodes when, when stuff kind of like that went on so Let's be honest, there's an element... I mean, there are it. biosensors, right? Yes, we have the biosensors, the alpacas and whatnot that, you know, uh, that were definitely weren't early warning systems. Um, but <laughs> as, as much as, and this is just me being, you know, devil's advocate, as much as you don't want to see someone get hurt, I'm sure if I was making a TV show like that, that was a reality show, it wouldn't be the worst thing for a producer of content like that for an incident to happen where someone did get, you know, a little incident like that. And that's not me at all wishing someone's going to get hurt or have that kind of inflicted on them. Cause Thomas is a great guy as well, but do you think there's an element of them, them kind of hoping stuff like that happens just for the show?
0: I mean, they're firing rockets into the sky, hoping to provoke a reaction the injuries are a reaction right like we can look at them that way um i wouldn't wish on anybody but they got a reaction i'll say that
1: yeah it still makes for intriguing tv um so my number three we're right back to the very early episodes again. That lights on the mesa. So one of the first real strange phenomena that we've seen and we saw in the, the early kind of build up and recaps in the trailers for the series are the recurring lights across the mesa. Again, the guys camp out overnight, don't they? Very early on, as they kind of get to know each other, they get some cool equipment set up, some night vision on the go and they are out in the middle of absolutely nowhere, as Dan stated way back in the first episode. He would, he would quite happily camp out and, on those kind of moors or you know desert land, whatever you want to call it. But, it wasn't yeah. too
0: far. Like I said, you could run back to Cran in like three minutes, I reckon, you could in a sprint.
1: No, some, something bad would happen, and you'd be running in the, in the darkness, and then before you know it, you're running through some portal into God knows where, and it's like the, it's like the scenes out of Insidious. This is
0: why you can't go on a ranch. Because your your brain's going in negative directions. That was yeah. you have a great imagination. Yeah, you know, I hope you flourish. I have a don't go to ter- a ranch with an imagination. Like yeah,
1: that. I have a terrifying imagination, and I would not cope well on the ranch at nighttime either. So, um, so yeah. But the the lights for me. Um, Again, I would have loved to have seen more of that explored, you know, getting a drone out over there as something happened and, and the guys do get up to the, the the Mesa at one point and they can see the light on the, the TV but not on the Mesa and they were shining the, the, the laser pen over as well. So, And, and some of the footage that they intersplice throughout as well, historically, um, some of the lights there are really interesting too. They look like huge strobe lights and spotlights. And then there was the... Travis yeah, discussing were the beams coming from above and coming down or were they coming from the ground and going up? And there seemed to be a bit of a mix of things going on there as well. So lights on the Mesa uh, for me. What were your thoughts on the, the lights, Dan?
0: Um, I absolutely love the lights. It's it's the one thing if I could pick anything from the seasons, go back to and be like, right, let's sit down and talk about this and really go in depth and try and figure out what this is, it would be those beams on the Mesa. like They, they were very visible through the screens couldn't see them with their eyes you know that that it's a hard practical experiment that you can kind of try and get your head around with it you know yeah
1: very very so number two for me um, i was uh, did you have something else to come in with on number the... two
0: i was just going to say number two was beams on the mesa for me so we've covered number two already yeah so you go ahead with your number two
1: <laughs> okay cool so we've covered beams on the mesa um, my number two was so close to being my number one, and I had to put it in there. Um, it was Larry Sespich. He is my number two, because as there was a lot of outside characters, if you want to call them, that came into the show. Um, usually they were coming in as part of an experiment. Um, obviously, we had Linda Moulton Howe make a guest appearance later on. Uh, Brandon would come in every now and again in the episodes and actually appear on the ranch. But for me, Larry Sesbuch for gravitas, for a one-off appearance, for holding your attention in a show that's full of ego and character, and just for the few minutes he was actually on the screen, I thought his presence was incredible. The reason he was there, you know, he brings in that um, history and the you know the origin stories of the whole area and the the Ute tribes and the story of the background that they have and, again, putting the tobacco down and, you know, we had that real presence and that was something Dragon talked about was the actual impact. And I talk about gravitas when I talk about guys like Chris Mellon, like Larry Sespich on screen really put across the seriousness if, if there was ever any kind of caricatures at times of guys like Travis getting a bit animated or Dragon getting a bit animated, Eric getting a little bit animated. Larry was dead serious that something is happening here this goes back centuries it's really important um you can call it supernatural you got the whole sense that has people were just invested in this it was a way of life for them um so yeah larry stole the series for me with a very very short cameo
0: larry was great uh, definitely my favorite guest star like you like you say he's it's very matter of fact to him. He clearly lives in it. Um, this is, uh, <clears throat> I guess you could say this is his, his truth and his people's truth. Um, and I'm sure we'll find out that it's our truth as well as we move forward.
1: Absolutely. And again, I've brought this up before and it came up on my Twitter again the other day, but uh, TTSA or Tom DeLong have this a new six-part documentary series coming out, don't they, on one of these tribes?
0: Yeah, that's right. At the Lakota uh, tribe, they're working with them um, to make a series, which I think will be fantastic. It would be good anyway, but to actually involve the the community, um, it'll be a really, really beautiful series to to see on the air, kind of telling people about the culture and the history, aside yeah. from all the stuff that you know we'll watch it for.
1: That's it, and ties in with consciousness really easily and spirituality, and you know, just yeah. So fascinated with all of that. So Larry absolutely stole it for me. Okay folks, so we've shared our thoughts going from five, four, three, two, and we're going to get to our number ones. Uh, but first the listeners of the podcast and we've looked through some of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of for Skinwalker Ranch on the Twitter feeds as well and you've shared with us a lot of thoughts and feelings on the first series and some of your hopes for the second series too. So I'm just going to go through some of those just now. Um, Ashley who's been on the uh, podcast bandwagon with myself from almost day one. Um, she was a big fan. Her favourite moment was Travis Taylor's face when they brought the briefcase out at the end of episode one, um, which of course ended up being a big fat nothing, as we find out right at the start of episode two that, oh, yeah, 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 it was nothing. It's just a magnet. I mean, a very powerful magnet. And as we discussed at very the time, powerful, if you're into magnets, you know, a pretty sexy magnet. Um, it was a bit of a beast, a behemoth of a magnet. In the magnet world, it's one of like the Rolls Royce of magnets. If you aren't a magnet connoisseur though, it's just a magnet. So yeah, that would break your phone.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm you know, I like my magnets, um, mm-hmm. but I'm less Walter White and more like Jesse, you know.
1: Yeah. And again, I mean, I, I, when me and Dan talk off there, he never shuts up about magnets, but, you know, I have to calm him down just to hit the record <laughs> button. But yeah, so that was a good one. Thanks, Ashley. Um, Linda, she shared that she quite enjoyed, and I forgot about this actually, the 24-hour feed that they put on.
0: The 24-hour feed was great. Um, I spent a lot of time watching that. I don't know if you remember, I did a thread on it where I condensed the 24 hours into two two minutes, 20. It was a really weird timeline of Twitter. But um, I basically because I had it in the video editing program, I literally went through and kind of cut all the interesting bits out. And yeah, there was some amazing ones, some absolutely beautiful meteors overnight as well.
1: And do you know what? We'll get Dan to put that back on the Twitter feed. I think that'll be a good idea because looking at the numbers for the show, more and more people are listening to the podcast as the episodes have gone on. So we have gained listeners as the episodes have went on. So thanks for that, everyone who oh, has cool. listened. And I think there might be some people that haven't seen that, Dan. So definitely worth you sharing that yeah, back on sure. Twitter as well. Um, I've to get still got to... the file, so I'll try and find you too. Oh yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, and we've got uh, Carissa. She said they hope... She hopes they get to dig, not just a rig dig, but a legit dig. Again, in a Scottish accent, that's really hard to say. So I hope to get uh, not just a rig dig, but a legit dig. That was my English accent, folks. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Carissa. Um, Warren um, would be, well, I, this is tongue-in-cheek, but if they catch a big wolf, I'm totally up for petting it. Thanks for that one, <laughs> Warren. Um, you, and, I don't know if I'd pass it. I a big wolf if it's a, no. a
0: man sized wolf and you know i'm i'm fairly positive about skinwalker ranch and going on it but i i would keep my distance i think
1: what about a wolf sized man
0: how big's the wolf in this situation
1: yeah true <laughs> like That's... standard
0: size puppy <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Dale Lewis, he said, he's eagerly awaiting season two, and maybe will detect a nuclear subterranean tunneling machine that went rogue and stalled under the ranch. Which I like the thinking there, uh, so that's quite good. Um, Carol Christensen um, also mentioned that there is a portal into different dimensions that opens up and closes. That's what she thinks. That's her kind of big focus for the ranch. Again, that's a pretty standard thought, isn't it? Across that, there's a lot of portals wormholes entrances and exits to different dimensions over there uh yeah
0: we we you know we we heard the story about uh the the being coming out of the portal uh the dark being kind of scurrying off into the mm-hmm.
1: woods um
0: yeah unnerving
1: uh david rosenfeld goes full star trek the next generation here that or star trek deep space nine actually sorry uh, my hope for season two is someone enters the wormhole and reports back so yeah very uh I don't mind the that, That's a volunteer,
0: reference. right? The spa? That's a volunteer right there. Just, oh, yeah. Just in case Brandon needs someone to go through the wormhole,
1: we, we've found one. If David's volunteering, I'm sure he'd be up for that as well, by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, uh, t- I'm going to kill her name here, and she comments on loads of stuff. Is it uh, Tania Renee? Um, she hopes for some decent reconnaissance imaging of various kinds done via satellite or high-altitude platforms.
0: Well, we hear towards the end of the series, don't we, that they're thinking of uh, getting some kind of platform up there so they can do some experiments.
1: Yeah. And again, there's a lot of focus above the ranch and below the ranch and, and on the ranch. So again, as, as the next series, as it gets bigger, it naturally gets higher. So that that's a good shout. Um,
0: Hopefully you'll you know get to what? see Eric build it. That'd be cool.
1: I, I'm going to mention this one because Shane Shane here is making a point, and I think it's worth bringing up. Shane said he has trouble coming up with five worthwhile moments from season one. I can appreciate where he's came from with that because I think as we found out doing a watch along, there are times where it just seems that they're maybe stalling a little bit. Not the not the people on the show, but the actual content itself that. Some of it was just kind of put in there for filler. And that's what I definitely think there was, there was scope for this series to have been six episodes and it would have been a bit punchier and had a lot more in there. That wasn't necessarily so much filler. And again, that's something I talked about with dragon. And I think it's a legit question that if you've got a series coming up, that's eight episodes, what if nothing happens? that's when you potentially have a lot of scope for Yeah, You've got the experiments and, you know, the command center and the the local wildlife and things will naturally happen. But, you know, we're looking for UFOs. You're looking for beings, portals, strange lights, you know, strange earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. And there's a chance that none of that happens at all. So... What, what's your thought? Can you appreciate Dan that someone and, and a few people have said that to be fair, and we've always I think we've always been really fair in commenting openly about the show that there were times where it was it was dragging a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there are moments where I'm trying to think of, of a really good example now. Um, with the I guess the, the dust in the underground room, where we talk about how it, it feels like we talk about it a lot considering what comes out of it yeah so i, I think things like that could have been you know may, maybe dropped from the show um or like you say if they had six episodes maybe they wouldn't have included that bit because the other events were were better
1: yeah even like the alpaca telling, i should say yeah no that that's fair and even like the alpaca attack that that was clearly local wildlife you know that was a natural these alpacas unfortunately were penned because they were obviously owned animals on a private land and something has come in. It wasn't, I mean, I can't say it wasn't because you know, you don't know, but I'm pretty certain it wasn't supernatural. It wasn't a six foot dire wolf. It looked like it was just some kind of coyote or wild dog that's came in and attacked the alpacas. So that could have been touched on in a whole different light had maybe a little bit more been going on around about that time. But again, that's just opinion, which is all, which is all welcome. Um, I still think that moment could have been a
0: great point for them to kind of just talk about the local wildlife and ecosystem and the kinds of things that you could see happening, you know, the kinds of things that big dogs or coyotes and
1: things like that. And they do kind of touch on that, but much later on, as almost a way of justifying it, don't they? That they say this is still a, a ranch, there is still you know ranch activities going on. We are still rearing cattle and other animals, and you know it's still a working ranch. So, so yeah. Um, Jade Mac' her most fascinating moment was when Travis opened the well and got hit with the radio, radiation waves, and then went back to test it, and nothing was there at all. So that that was a bit of an eye raising moment. Uh, Dan, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and again, they had the, the meters, didn't they? Again, you know, going back and there was nothing there. And that, as, as Jade said herself, that defies logic, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's a transient phenomena that <laughs> springs up randomly, it seems to us.
1: Um, Diana Jackson, she mentioned similar to yourself. Uh, she would like to know what was sealed up in the basement. They were going to test it. and never really said what was sealed in there.
0: Sure. Yeah, uh, I
1: totally agree with that yeah and that makes me naturally lean towards it was nothing
0: yeah for sure same um it just leaves me with the feeling of frustration really because we could have spent that time on something else um if it is nothing um tell us you know at least give us that closure (laughs)
1: Yeah, and one last one uh, before we get to our number ones. Uh, Robert Gorman, he said, less tech equals more encounters. He'd like to see a return to the Sherman mindset and a more human interaction with the phenomena. Um, And he said there was a reason for all those deadbolts around the ranch. Um, Logic should be the last thing we will find at Skinwalker Ranch, which I think is a very fair comment to leave the the listener comments on as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good comment. Um, Sorry, go on.
1: No, no, that that was it. it, it to be it. fair, there was a lot. There was a lot of good stuff there. So, thank you very much, everyone, for getting involved and and helping out. Um, it's definitely been easier for us as we've gone along uh, recording this podcast. As obviously we've said before, we've got to know each other much better. Uh, me and Dan got to talk almost daily now, and you guys have got more and more interactive with it as well as it goes on. So, I look forward to. This isn't a spoiler that we will do a second season when the second season kicks off as well, and we can do it in a bit more real type. I'll edit that out because I'm. <clears throat> My God, Andy! Um, <laughs> sorry, that's been stuck in now. So yeah, yeah, that was so unclassy. Yeah, two seconds. <laughs> and folks it's not a spoiler to say there will be a second season when season two of *The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch kicks off later on in the year round about October as Brandon Fugo has confirmed already filming is already underway on the ranch they're expecting to see more experiments you know there's going to be talk of more experiences that have happened in the meantime since filming stopped last was it August times the the last kind of filming on season one run about August September and as we've kind of gone forward into the filming of the new season so COVID hasn't halted that which is good um, so yeah so folks please keep interacting with us it's been great kind of getting to know all of you guys as well as we've kind of gone along on this journey and we'll tweak things up a little bit, a bit for the second season the watch alongs at times were difficult for me in dan because when you're talking about not a whole lot going on for some of those episodes so please send over any suggestions you've got for the format for the second season um dan just before we hit number ones again having looked back and you've watched the season and now you've watched these episodes back a few times in research this and you've had a little bit of time to think between our episode seven watch along and this kind of final recap overall thoughts on season one and your hopes for season two
0: so that kind of links nicely with my number one if you want me to Ooh. kind of come together.
1: Oh Dan, stop it. There's a there's a segue. <laughs>
0: um so my overall thoughts on series one and kind of my number one, I'll point out when I get to it. Um right at the beginning of the season, we had Travis come in as a as a new face on the ranch. Um we've seen people make friends along the way and you know be shocked and awed. But Travis stated a hypothesis when he came onto the ranch and throughout the events of the season we don't have a uh, just a hypothesis anymore we actually have real world testable data and that for me makes the show a, a 10 out of 10. that's where it comes down to is the data for me um, And my number one was amassing all the scanned data and set in a path forward that really kind of drills into the the bits that so they can start getting their heads around and figuring out what this stuff is.
1: Yeah, that that's a that's a good shout. Um we talked a lot, didn't we, very early on that Travis came in as a total I mean, again, I I didn't really realise this, but he's been on shows sort of like this before and played a similar type of character. And again, I say character, not that he's reading off a script, but he knows what the people who produce these shows are looking for in terms of charisma, in terms of content, and how they want him to react, and his inflections when he talks, you know, as a talking head. All of that, you know, isn't just, you know, something that comes naturally. It takes time and practice and confidence and knowledge. And Travis came into this, seemed really up for yeah, I can debunk a lot of this and this is just going to be science and very quickly things turned around for him. And as you see, he got to know the guys on the ranch and I think he got to respect them a lot more. He got to respect the ranch a lot more. So yeah, that, that was a nice character development as quickly as it happened and almost by the end of it he was the the other extreme wasn't he that he, they were almost having to rein him back in that you know everything's oh, the ufo it's a ghost it's paranormal and it's like, calm down travis let's just do the signs first so so yeah um I, I enjoyed that and he's definitely value for the entertainment book isn't he travis he is yeah my number one um we haven't actually came across yet but one of the listeners did mention um Ooh, cool. So, for me, it was the when they done the ground penetrating radar, we had uh, a, a very faint picture drawn of what may or may not be underneath the ground. So, for me, my number one are the bumps underground. This might, this might point to maybe the people's frustration with the series, as I'm, my favourite thing is something that could be nothing. And I think that's a lot of the frustrations necessarily with Skinwalker Ranch overall. It's, it's a sum of its parts, isn't it? There's no one smoking gun for Skinwalker Ranch. There's a whole lot of history and testimony and science and experiments and data that have been collected over, over decades and decades. And you can go back centuries even with the local tribes. But, but to see the, the radar being done and quite clearly there is something under the ground there again it could be tunnels you know which in itself could be fascinating might nothing might be nothing kind of out of the ordinary or supernatural but that could be quite cool but there was that you know picture drawn by Travis that maybe it was one of those things and i i know there's a psychological term for it where you're you're trying to make a shape out of something that may not be there um, if I had a Jamie on this show he'd be looking it up for us. Um but when you've got those kind of bumps and Travis Iron draws idea. <laughs> that's the one thanks. I, I could see you moving to check that. Um
0: I didn't look it up, I knew.
1: <laughs> you know that. Uh, but you know what Tra- Travis does draw what's clearly a big sort of spaceship spaceship looking shape, doesn't he? But again, they're going along, there's something underground, it's hitting that point and they dug, but it was the digging didn't really come to much, did it? Like, any time, and they had to kind of stop the second time when they got the big drilling rigs. It didn't go down that far in the grand scheme of things. I know we joked at the time, what you want is a huge excavation going on, but there's reasons they can't do that. I don't think they'd be allowed, you know. You could go full gung-ho, stick some dynamite under the ground and just blow up. But again, that's that's not the best thing for many reasons as well. But for me, there was a lot of intrigue that I want to see more about what's under the ground. And you know, if I can be really cheeky and tie something in with that, more of what's overhead as well. But more personally, there's definitely something picking up signals underground. And it would be great to see a little bit more of that in the second season.
0: I think we'll get that. Um, they said at the end they were looking to do a deep core sample uh, of ranch ground, um, but proceeding with caution. Um, and the satellite payload will give you the above stuff. So hopefully Series 2
1: will hit the spot for you. Yeah, Series 2 is due to air in a couple of months' time if all things go um, as planned. Um, Probably looking around October or November at the latest, hopefully, for that to air. Uh, Before then, I'm hoping, I'm quietly hopeful that we can get Brandon onto the podcast to talk about the second season and some of the first season as well. He has tantalizingly liked a lot of my tweets when i have mentioned about him coming on the show and i know thomas and uh, brian have both passed on my wishes as well that i can speak to him about the the season and you know him buying the ranch and all that kind of stuff we'd want to hear about before then as well so hopefully we get brandon on to discuss the new season if not i'll definitely be hitting up thomas and brian again to see if we can get them on and maybe some more people from the show too um but folks um one last time before the second season in a couple of months Thank you very much from myself and Dan.
0: Thank you from me as well. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: It has. Folks, thank you very much for listening. Once again, uh, one final time, you can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash podcast. You can like, subscribe, retweet, leave reviews on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and follow myself on Twitter at UFO, UEPAM, and follow Dan at Zignal as well or at The Signal, sorry. And uh, please check out Dan's Redbubble store. He has some very cool logo stickers available on there that I recommend anyone pick up and a whole load of other stuff as well. But... All of this folks does not make us rich i promise you it helps us kind of get back a little bit of that time which we put a lot into these shows and upgrade our equipment as well to kind of keep these shows coming in the best possible quality too so thank you very much again folks all your listens have been greatly greatly appreciated so until next time keep looking up you never know what you might see
0: Designed by are a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament. Of fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and
1: when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little worm. Meditated game of fateful on meta. Can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got the stairs, and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz.
0: I jumped back and nearly kissed myself, and I
1: climbed out the window after the elf, and I woke up in my bed, and there was something on my head, and everything was weird, and everything My boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems and they think I should seek therapy and I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me.
0: Consider time, consider your space, consider your lies, consider your life.
1: Invest in your home. Dave Ramsey here for Low Country Contractors. Now's a great time to enhance your home with that new dream kitchen, bath, or addition. I trust Low Country Contractors. They've been voted Best Home Improvement and Remodeling Contractor by Mount Pleasant Magazine, voted Top Remodeler in South Carolina by Remodeling Magazine, and they have a 98% customer satisfaction rating from Guild Quality. Folks, this is a no-brainer. Visit LowCountryContractors.com.